Welcome to 307 Baseball, the show all about America's game in the Cowboys state. Now, here are your hosts, Elon Allen, Cullen Holt, and Matthew Peterson. Seven baseball is back for a get this tenth inning. It's episode ten of three hundred seven baseball. I'm Elon Alf. That's Matthew Peterson. Matthew, it's crazy to think we're ten things, uh, ten episodes into this thing. Yeah, what's even crazier is that we're in the tenth inning and we're missing a guy in the show. Whereas we would usually get an extra guy on the show. There's no extra <laughs> runner at second, right? I know. Yeah, no Colin Holt couldn't join us this week, so you're stuck with us too. But we got a great show planned out for you. Uh, we got a pair of interviews, one from the head man in Casper. It is the manager, Kalen Hill, for the Drillers and for the Oilers. And then we also had a great chat with another baseball coach at the collegiate level, trying to help you youngsters out if you're looking to get recruited. It's come to the do's and the don'ts. Uh, this time we ventured north instead of east like we did with South Dakota State. We hopped up into Montana, talked to the lone, and I didn't realize this, the only collegiate baseball program in the entire state just across the border in Billings. It was the head guy, uh, the pitching coordinator, and the recruiting it was the pitching coach and the recruiting coordinator uh, for Montana State University, the Jackets. Um, it was Coach Matt Hape, and excellent conversation with him. Really learned a lot more about the collegiate level, and we got Omaha right around the weekend. Actually, if you're listening to this now, it's probably underway, potentially, if you're you know, listening to us this weekend. Uh, it is underway, and can't wait for... Uh, college baseball's finest to meet up in the middle of the U.S. And of course, as promised to the coaches, we do have uh, the stats. First of all, a big thank you to all the coaches that submitted stats so we could put this together. Um, we want to do this again on the final show before the the state tournament to talk about maybe who can win the bat to who wins the batting title. Well, we're talking about here. Season. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, stat yeah. scoreboard, the state leaders. Right. So for everyone that doesn't know, whether it's the players or um, any fans and parents and whatnot, we collected as many stats as we could from just about every team. A couple fell through the cracks, so if you're not represented, maybe bug your coach a little bit. And if you're the coach, send it our way. <laughs> uh, but we're just trying to get everyone some spotlight here. Um, and by everyone, we really mean just the top three. We got the top three from a handful of different categories, batting and pitching. Both single A and double A. And so now if you're not the top three and you're just outside, you got a little motivation this weekend. You know, if you're trying to improve that batting average, keep swinging away. Absolutely. Real quick, though, before we get any further into it, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, Buckle for Life Wyoming. The Wyoming Seatbelt Coalition reminds you to buckle up for life, Wyoming, every ride, every time. Everybody has a reason to buckle up. What's yours? Matthew, what's your reason for buckling up while we're out there on the road to traveling from one corner of this great state to the other? I like myself in one piece. I think that's a pretty that's simple a reason. reason, right? It's a good reason. Yeah, so I like to keep myself intact. Uh, so that's my big reason. Um, I got a bad, I mean, this is a little off track. I, it was engraved in me at a young age to wear a seatbelt. I'll wear it when it's parked still. It's yep. just kind of a muscle memory thing at this point. Yeah, and for me, my uh, my personal reason for buckling up is whenever I'm out on the road, I love doing the games. I want to get to those games safely, and ultimately, I want to arrive back home to my beautiful wife in one piece. That's a little more poetic piece. than I put. <laughs> I thought one piece was good. I, I said he said one piece. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, anyway, a big thank you to our sponsors, Buckle Up for Wife Wyoming. They are bringing you the 307 uh, 307 Baseball Podcast for the rest of the season. 
uh, Matthew, it's uh, it's crazy. We're into the season. We have some conference games that have happened. Let's go ahead and open up uh, the show talking about some conference standings and some conference yeah, records. How's you that? You read my mind. I was going to say, before we get to an interview, let's refresh everyone's memories on where we are in terms of the standings. You want to do double A or single A, let's and I'll start, do the other. Let's start with uh, let's start with uh, single A. I will right, work from bottom to top. All right. So starting in the Northwest, Cody Cubs, eighteen and ten overall, but a two and zero conference record. Pal Pioneers sit at fifteen and three overall, no conference record as of the thirteenth. We're looking at the scoreboard on WildPreps.com put together, or sorry, their standings on WildPreps.com put together by a good friend of the show, David Settle. Uh, level Mustangs, 9-11 and 11 overall, 0-2 record. Moving on to the 4A Southeast, the Cheyenne Hawks with a 14-12 and 12 overall record, 3-1 and 1 in the first four conference matches. Wheatland Lobos, no conference games yet, but they are on the right side of 500 with 11-8. Torrington Tigers with a 6-7 record, 1-3 in conference play. Uh, the single A Northeast Casper Drillers 13 and 9 on top of that one with a 2 and 0 conference record Douglas Cats 10 and 8 no conference games yet but the Riverton Raiders above 500 but start the season 0 and 2 in the single A Northeast Conference. Matthew, let's hear those double A records. All right, double A, here we go. Let's start with the powerhouse. That's the East. At the top, it is still Cheyenne Post 6, 33-10 overall, and 3-1 and in conference. Then after them, it's the Gillette Rough Riders, 30-15, 1-1 so far in conference. Following them in third, it is the Sheridan Troopers, 19-12, 1-1 in conference. I mean, just a little note here. It's amazing the drop-off and just the number of games played after Cheyenne and Gillette. Gillette yeah. Wow, they keep themselves busy. Big props to the moms and dads over there shuffling around, not to the state, but the country. Definitely. Uh, and then the Laramie Rangers in fourth, rounding it out in the East, 21-10 and 10 overall, 1-3. Laramie was a team that was really uh, making some moves, but not the best start so far in conference. Let's see how that plays out well, in the coming weeks. One th- one note you got to put on there is they've only played four conference games, all four of those against post six. Okay, good note so to put. That's a great note. A 1-3 start. And you've only played post six. That's pre- that bodes pretty well. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see them. You just up became high. the king of Laramie, while I am now the jester <laughs> of Laramie. All right, Double A West, Casper Oilers, number one, twenty four and eleven, two and zero in conference. Evanston Outlaws, fourteen and eleven, have yet to play a conference matchup. Jackson Giants, right after them, seven and eighteen, also without any conference showing. And finally, it's the Rock Springs Stallions, 7-24, and 0-2 in conference. And those are the records for the AA East and West, Mr. Olive. And I got a feeling next week that we're going to see some shuffling. Also, we'll have a new coaches and media poll. That's going to get sent out Monday uh, when we get back. Real quick, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I mean, there's yeah. this is a great sport for that. You've got kids being coached by their dads, both officially and unofficially, and you know, it's a. You know what we're gonna do right now? What this? It's sometimes we are cheesy with this, but this is truly off the cuff. You and I are gonna go head to head right now with the best father son MLB duo. Oh. I'm gonna make one rule. You no, can't do, you can't you do can't the Griffies. Yeah. Can't do the Griffies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta ask a clarifying question. Yeah. So is this going to be? Did they had did they had to play together or just two, a father and son? No, that father has son in the MLB. MLB. Yeah. Okay. Because I've, I've got two bouncing around. I've in my got head two. Right now. Let's do two. Okay. Okay. You go first, so that can beat yours. 
Okay, well, I don't know if you're going to beat this one, but what about Bobby Bonds and Barry Bonds? Yeah, I know you're going to say that one. <laughs> I'm going to beat it with this one. Of course, it may not be better number-wise. Remember, <laughs> remember the rule. No Griffey. No, no. I'm going to go with the fielders. Okay. Big Prince Poppy. Yeah. Not Big Poppy, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, but yep. Prince Fielder from Milwaukee for a long time. I think uh, he played in Texas, too, but just huge, big fella. He's the big fella. And he could swing the bat. And it was just kind of fun to watch. So fielders, for me, sure, they could probably have others that are you know ahead of them numbers-wise. But they were electric back in the day. All right, I'm going off of the beaten path for my second pick. Okay. And it, it, there's still something to be seen because this player is currently playing. Uh-oh. I'm going with Kevon uh, – uh, how do you say his name? Kevon Biggio and Craig Biggio. Okay. Is it Biggio? I know Biggio? it's Biggio. Biggio? Biggio. But I like Biggio. It's, it's a little more Italian. Biggio. No? <laughs> no. Okay. If you're listening, Biggio. Sorry, it's yeah, Biggio. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Kavon Biggio and uh, Craig Biggio. Also really cool. Kavon homered his for the first time in a 8-4 win over the uh, over the Astros. His dad was in the stands. Oh, that's pretty cool. And he did it against his dad's team because, remember, Craig Biggio was, a bi- was Mr. Astro for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. All right, my last one. It is an also an also a current player. I was worried okay. to take him. Uh, is it on a, the Blue Jays as well? Yeah, yep. a front runner sort of in the mix for yeah, sure uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, for MVP. It's Vlad Guerrero and Senior, a uh, junior, junior, and, and then uh, is senior? you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 Vlad yeah. and Vlad Part Two, um, Vladimir and these guys. I mean, Junior especially right now. But you know, if you're watching, he could be the next King Griffey. Junior. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> is mean? just electric. I would say north of the border, but they're not playing in Canada right now. No, no, in, I, uh, Tampa or the Florida somewhere, but still, I mean, father was amazing, and mm-hmm. son looks like he may be passing him. Well, I think I, th- I want to say Junior might have more power. Yeah, he, I mean, his home run numbers are I believe ridiculous. He is going to be on pace for maybe sixty-ish home runs this year. I read that r- right now he's leading in average RBIs and homers, so he could get the triple, triple crown, crown, which hasn't been done. It was Miguel Cabrera? Cabrera was the last that one was to do what it. just popped in my head. Yeah. I swear I mean, there might have been a tri- there might have been a pitching triple crown somewhere oh, like yeah, Clayton yeah, Kershaw right, or something right. like that. But I think the last batting triple crown was Cabrera. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Concur. Concur. So. Okay. So also, I want to give another kind of this just popped in my head. Honorable mention right now um, to Roy Halladay and his son. Uh, Roy Halladay, obviously, his legacy and just the numbers itself speak for themselves. But his son was drafted by the Blue Jays back in 2019, I want to say, in the 32nd round. And that's in honor of the number his dad wore while playing for Toronto, which is a very special tribute. You know, you see teams go above and beyond for players, uh, specifically, of course, and unfortunately when they pass, but Sure, you get 40 picks plus in baseball, mm-hmm. but to use one on someone as a tribute to a former player is very, very honorable. Yeah, and I, I, I'd love to see. I, I think he's a pitcher as well. Yeah, um, I think he might be in the minors. I'm not really sure mm-hmm. if they – I don't think he signed. I think he was drafted, of course, and then maybe went out to play collegiately. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, you, Just because you're drafted doesn't mean you're yeah, 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 to yeah. go play. But still, that's a great one-two duo. Hopefully – um, we'll be talking about that duo up with the others ones like we mentioned earlier Hopefully, yeah. in a few years. All right, so let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. We have two interviews. We've got one with the man in Casper, the manager, Hill, uh, who you know overlooks the drillers and the oilers. And then we have Matt Hape 
from Montana State University. He's the pitching coach and the recruiting coordinator. So if you're looking to get yourself in the collegiate level, great interview to listen to. He gave a lot of do's and don'ts. He really did. You know, and a bit of, like, I was a little surprised-ish. I mean, of course, he can talk all he wants, but he really opened the book at times. I was like, okay, yeah, keep going, you know. Keep going. We're not going to stop you. So those are two great interviews. Let's start with the Casper interview. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. Let's roll it. Eric! We now welcome on the manager for a pair of Casper teams. It is Coach Hill. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's great to be talking with you again. This time, we're a little further ways down the season. So let's kind of pick up there. Uh, both your Casper teams right now in the midst of the season. How have things progressed for you guys so far as we're I mean, essentially past the halfway point now. Yeah, uh, things are going well. Um, we're starting to um, really pick up playing more frequently midweek and getting into some of our conference games. I think both teams, the Oilers and Drillers, have uh, started conference 2-0. and uh, Drillers play again tonight against Douglas um, in some more conference games. So we're, you know, really starting to hit the – at the acceleration towards the state tournament. Hey, Coach, and, and speaking of uh, that conference start that you guys had, I was just looking at Game Changer, and in preparation for a few games that I was supposed to call for you, uh, for you guys featuring the Casper Oilers, you guys at one time won eight in a row. That streak just got snapped on, I believe, Tuesday night against Laramie. Um what what has been the big turnaround for this program? I mean, last year that you guys struggled a little bit, but this year you guys are flying and already kind of looking like one of those top challengers to post six when it comes to state title. Well, the biggest difference between last year and this year, like I talked about before, was the merger of the, the two programs in Casper. Um, Legion combining with Casper Crush Baseball um, opened up our pit player pool Um I was in charge of Casper Crush Baseball, now in charge of uh, Casper Baseball Club post two. Um, so we we brought over uh, a bunch of players who, um, you know, were had been tested before and were, were ready to go. So that that's the biggest difference that combining with the talent that the Legion already had just gave us the depth that we need to com compete at probably all three levels where we're fielding teams. Coach, let's talk a little single A here. Let's talk about the drillers. You guys are off to a good start in conference. I know uh, it looks like it's been some tough uh, go around last couple games. So how do you evaluate that when you're 2-0 in conference but may not get the results you would have liked as of late? Yeah, so, you know, it's when you play, you know, you have eight or ten games in a week. Um, when you schedule that in December, it looks like a great idea. Um, <laughs> when, when you get to – june and you have football camps and basketball camps and we have we have an unbelievable amount of uh multi-sport athletes um so we we've went shorthanded on a couple trips recently and you know it's good experience for all the kids to just keep playing games uh it was a pretty much a decision yesterday um those games with cody that they would just be you know more or less um pitchers would be saved for today against Douglas, you know, uh, and then we turn around and go out of state and play this weekend. So just trying to make sure you balance, you know, winning the games that are most important um, or putting your best foot forward in those situations and 
using the other games to get kids experience, whether it's on the bump or get them into new positions and things like that. So sometimes you, you end up taking it on the chin a little bit, but you know, that's, that's part of playing a, a you know, I think all of our teams are looking at um, playing 50 or 60 games this summer with the Oilers in the 70 range. So, you know, sometimes you just, you got a couple duds in there. It's just the way baseball works. Um, love to win them all. You try to win them all, but sometimes you have to make a decision on, you know, especially with pitching and pitching rules of what, uh, what, what games you're really trying to attack for the week. Coach, talk about having a couple of multi-sport athletes. Uh, from a baseball perspective, what do you feel is the best combination of producing a good ball player, baseball, and what other sport would you, I may not prefer, but maybe a bonus if they played that one over some other sports? Uh, I, I don't know if that I have a preference. Um, from a mindset thing, like I love when a pitcher or catcher tells me they're a wrestler because okay. um, they're used to that one-on-one confrontation, and that's a lot of what baseball boils down to. Um, so I, I like having like, you know, our, our, the Oilers, you know, one of our starting middle infielders is a state champion wrestler. One of our outfielders is a state champion wrestler, um, for Natrona County high school. And then we have another, uh, corner infielder who's, who's injured right now, but, um, he, he finished third at state in wrestling. So I, I like having wrestlers. I like having football players. I like having basketball players. I like having athletes. Um, when I talked with you guys earlier in the spring, that was one of the things that I highlighted as a strength of, of our program is, you know, we have, we have a lot of kids who do do multi-sports and excel in other areas. And, you know, it's a balancing act to try to keep those guys, you know, engaged in baseball during the times. Cause you know, Casper is a big town and lots of offerings. So we have, we have coaches and programs pulling our kids in a million different ways at times but um our core groups are really baseball dedicated and it shows i mean i think all the teams are doing fairly well to to start the season and we're in good shape going forward coach hill this is elon again um you talk about all the multi-sport athletes and just general athleticism that you have on both squads this year uh do you see any of those athletes playing baseball at the next level uh, so we have, we have some that are, are definitely looking there. I think, I think almost all of our kids, like if they could pick the one sport they would play at the next level, they would almost all pick um, baseball. That's the, the, their love. And that's why they stick around and do give us as much as, you know, as they do. Um, but, you know, some of them are from wrestling families and stuff like that. But the, I think baseball is the sport they, they enjoy playing the most and, the one that they would, they see themselves playing at, you know, in the future. Coach, I got a bit of a curveball question for you. I mean, obviously there's a lot of oil associated with Casper. So of course the drillers, the oilers, that make sense. If a third team was added, what is another oiler, an oil theme name that you guys could go with? Cause I'm trying to rack my brain of what else would fit in this puzzle. Do you guys have backup names? If you know, you had to get another team in there. So we've actually used a bunch of different names for our, our B teams, um, the Junior Legion teams. Uh, before I took over, it was the Roughnecks and Barons. Um, we kept Roughnecks. We got rid of Barons because Barons doesn't seem like it should belong at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> um, so we, we 
switch that over to Wildcatters. So that's our that's another one of our B teams in the Junior Legion. Is the we have the Wildcatters, and then we have the Roughnecks. Um, no more Wildcatters is kind of going back to like the early '80s when there was a Continental Basketball Association team here that was called the uh, Wyoming Wildcatters. Um, and they, you know, it's fun to go watch them play at the event center. And then there's a huge golf tournament here that brings in, um, all, a lot of the oil field industry from, you know, all over the state and neighboring states and everywhere where oil's such a big deal. And, um, that's called the wildcat attorney. So I just decided that's what we we're going to name that, that freshman team. Coach, it's Elon again. Um, as we sit, we are less than then 45 days away from the state tournament in Laramie. How are you feeling about the performance that your team has put in thus far? And I, I guess not just the double uh, A state tournament in Laramie, but you'll also be at the single A state tournament in Cheyenne. How do you feel about how they've put in the performances so far? And uh, how do you feel about, I guess, the trajectory of your teams heading into such a pivotal part of the season? Well, we'll start with the A state tournament. You still have to qualify. We have to, um, we have to, win our conference games, get in a good position for the district tournament, and then we have to finish in the top four there. Um, I think the A team is, you know, when when they're all there and they're all ready to go, they can compete with anybody. Um, that team, you know, has started the season really slow, meshing and kind of figuring out, you know, what kids were going to do what and what roles they were going to be in. Um, and, you know, they started slow, kind of got some steam, and then have played really well over the last three weeks or so. And I think that that team, you know, I think they can compete with anyone. They're going to need to probably find their find their hitting stroke just a little bit better. Um, and, you know, some weeks it's looked really good and other weeks they've kind of struggled offensively, but I think that they have, they have the capability. I mean, there's a couple um, bruisers down there that really sock the ball and um, just getting them consistently to get that output will be, will be big for them going forward. As for the double a, uh, you know, I think we can, we can play with anyone. We've, we've kind of shown that we've, um, yeah, you know, we've we've struggled at times to, um, I don't to stay stay engaged in the moment. Um, when things have kind of gone wrong, we've had a couple instances where it got out of control pretty quick. But we've also done that to other teams. And the thing that the Oilers are really good about is um, putting pressure on teams uh, offensively. Because I I would honestly say that we're probably about 10 bats deep when everyone's swinging well, that can really impact the game. And, um, you know, it's hard writing the lineup a lot of times because a lot of those kids, you know, play multiple, can do multiple positions. And, you know, we have a couple guys that we thought were just going to pitch for us this year that have, you know, had some really good at bats and are starting to creep in there. So now we're looking at 12 kids. We're trying to rotate through a lineup while keeping it fairly um, consistent defensively. So, you know, I, I think that they have the ability to, to do good things. They, you know, some of them have been very battle tested and other, 
other areas. So just hope it all comes together that one week and we pitch well, you know, but the thing, you know, like, like with the bats and everything is depth, you know, we don't, we don't have the necessary ace, like, or even a top two, we, we have four or five pitchers that we rely on to get big outs and hopefully that depth pays off. Coach, I got one last question for you, and you kind of got to it in your last response right there. But let's just say it was Christmas in June. So tell me, um, what would you tell Santa you would like out of your team going forward until you know that tournament comes around? And what are you thankful right now for your team? Uh, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's all right. It's Christmas in June. So what I'd like to know is, um, what are you thankful out of your team? And then what would you put on your wish list uh, to get out of your team for the next month and a half we have left? No, I, I, I just love these boys. I've, I've been around them forever. Um, so I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for their families and trusting me to, to, to be their leader. Um, but the big, the big thing like, I, I would want for them is I'd want them to have the focus and drive to, you know, see it through to the end. Um, they have great athleticism. All the, they have all, everything it takes. The thing that they lack at times is uh, the ability to, you know, just roll with the punches. Like they're all so hard on themselves and they just need to relax and play baseball and love it and embrace their brothers and, you know, go fight for 21 outs and, whatever happens happens. And you know, there's been weekends where we've done that, where we've been down and we come back or, you know, but there's just times where you like, you know, that they're putting so much pressure on themselves that it, the pressure is getting the best of them and they just need to relax. I mean, they're all very good at baseball. They're very good kids. They're good athletes. And I, you know, I, I want them to achieve all their goals. So the best way to do that is just to relax and play and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, Coach, that's all the questions I've got. Elon, anything else you'd like no, to go over? Coach, thank you so much for, call, uh, for calling in and uh, taking some time with us. We appreciate it. Anything else you'd like to go over before we call it an interview? No, I'm good. I, I appreciate you guys. And um, it was an unfortunate situation that we didn't get to play in front of you guys in Evanston the other day. But um, hopefully when Evanston comes up here for conference games, we can host you guys and have another chat. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd love to do that. Let's just hope there's no flooding this time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Coach. That's all we got for you. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. You know, Matthew, that's the second time we've talked with Kalen Hill on this show, and he's he even acknowledged it on the interview, as he said, as I told you guys earlier in the spring. Um, the progression that those two programs are making right now, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Um, I, the West is going to be – crazy competitive but you just get that that feeling that Casper might be the one sitting in the driver's seat especially with the 2-0 start in a conference play yeah and that's the thing with the west is it's competitive but it's a two-team race right it's it's Evanston <sighs> and Casper Rock Springs could make some noise maybe a little bit but and you don't they're, they're not gonna come from behind and take that one spot at all well think. and you don't want to count out Jackson because coach Huggins is a competitor he's very he he knows the game and he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at that overall record, I mean, uh, it, it may be tough, but I mean they haven't started conference play yet. I, I don't. Neither is Evanston. So this is a weird random thought, but it is interesting how Casper's in the West, 
mm-hmm. when probably they are closer to just about every school in right. the East. Uh, every I say school, team. Yeah, team. Maybe not Sheridan. That may be the furthest one for them in the East. No, Sheridan's only about I think Gillette's, three hours. Gillette's closer. I think I think Sheridan's like three hours. Everyone I'm is yelling go. in their car right now. I know, right? I'm going to Google it right now. But they're definitely closer to Laramie and Cheyenne, I think, than they are to Jackson and Evanston. Maybe Rock Springs is right there because Rock Springs is about three hours away. But anyway, what I, what, where I'm going with this is that it is – I don't know. It just kind of jumps out to me. Like, there's Casper, kind of the sore thumb in the West because they're more of an East, but someone's got to play in the West. Yes. So Google Maps, what do you have for me? Two hours and nine minutes from Casper to Sheridan. Okay. So they're they're about, I think, and then maybe about an hour and a half from... Gillette's about two hours, too. Yeah, Gillette's... Yeah, because that's right, because you have to go... You kind of... 24 a, kind yeah. of split. But you're right. You're So anyway, like I was saying... It, they're just kind of the sore thumb in the West, mm-hmm. and so I, I always like to think, like in this ultra uh, alternate universe, this Casper program is like we want to show it to the guys in the East mm-hmm. by dominating the West, because we feel like we're more of an East team, but we we're the closest well, to the West. Well, I mean, I'm looking at it. You think look at their drive times. You mentioned so to get to Rock Springs for that team, three hours. It's change. three hours. Yep, and then to get to Evanston, it's about five hours. Yeah, a little a little under five. A right? little under five. And then another three hours from Evanston Jackson. They probably go a well, different I think direction. They, I think they would go through but Lander. Yeah. Cut up uh, right across the middle. But yeah. it's not interstate but driving. Still, it's it's a long it, it it's is. a lot of long trips. Unlike Laramie and, and I mean Sheridan and, and Gillette, two hours. Yeah. And then you've got Laramie and uh Cheyenne, which is about an hour. So But they have Texas Roadhouse. So it, it, it all balances yes. out. It works out. It works out well. Yeah, for it them, balances right? out. Right. They can enjoy that after their home games. Uh, but that's a great interview we just had with uh, Coach Hill out of Casper. Really excited to see, of course, the Oilers shape up in the West and the, the Drillers in the single A. Yeah. They're going to try and run with the big dogs or with the big bears, small bears of Cody Cubs. You know, and then Powell has been making a lot of noise this year, right down the road from Cody. So the drillers and of course the Hawks. It looks like those are the four teams that are really vying for in the single A mm-hmm. department. I would say you need to keep an eye on Green River and Riverton as well. Yeah, you could toss those two in. Yeah, we're not trying to hurt the no, 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 Knights no. In the not hurting anyone's feelings. Right. I'm just looking at, at at some stats and looking at. I mean, we looked at the stats. Yeah, we, I mean, so, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right, let's get to our next interview. Sounds good to you. And Sounds then good. we're going to save the stats, the top threes for a handful of hitting and pitching categories for the end of the show, along with our three games of the week. And then we'll call it a show. So without further ado, here is Montana State University pitching and recruiting coordinator, Matt Happ. Joining the podcast now, it is Montana State University Billings pitching coach and recruiting coordinator, Matt Hape. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you on and talk a little baseball and kind of that collegiate level. So let's get started right there. Um, You guys located just across the border from us in Wyoming. Can you give us a bit of an impression you may have about ball players coming out of American Legion baseball in Wyoming? Yeah, you know, um, we've actually had a couple from Wyoming. Um, I think that there's certainly a, a tremendous amount of talent within the state and a tremendous amount that goes overlooked as well. Um, I think Wyoming and Montana are very similar in that respect. And I think we've had a lot of our success 
on bringing in some of the better Wyoming and Montana guys. So there's certainly a, a high level of baseball in both states at the Legion level. Coach Hape, this is Elon. Um, quick question. When you guys look to bring in kids to your program, do you usually look for uh, kids that have grown up playing in similar regions as yourself, a kid that can get used to throwing in uh, 40 degrees in the middle of May, you know, that type of Rocky Mountain uh, type of athlete? Yeah, no, I think that certainly has uh, a benefit to us. Um, obviously, 50% of our games are going to be at home right in Billings, and that's right there next to Wyoming and obviously in Montana. So I think guys that have learned how to compete in that environment understand the uh, how the environment can be at times. There's certainly a, a benefit to being one of those guys. Coach, I don't know if there's a great answer to this question I've got for you, but I saw that you played uh, collegially as a pitcher, and I've always just kind of wanted to ask, you know, how tough is it pitching at this altitude, and how frustrating can it be sometimes knowing if we were a little closer to sea level, that would have been caught the warning track? Yeah, no, it certainly presents its challenges. Um, I think the fun thing is trying to crack the code of how to compete when you've got some of the odds stacked up against you. Uh, I think like at our, our home ballpark, you've got the thin Montana air, of course, as well as a little bit of a breeze blowing out. So there's times that you can flat out just do your job as good as anybody can ask and beat a guy, get him to pop out, and it's going to leave the leave the yard. So I think, you know, just understanding how, to, how do you compete within the situation that you're you're currently in is a, a valuable skill to have. Um, how to compete to get more ground balls, how to compete to get more swing and miss. Um, I think it's uh, certainly a challenge um, and uh, not necessarily the most ideal circumstances for a pitcher, but I think when you get the right guys, the guys that love to compete, the guys that love to try and figure out how can I be good no matter where I'm at. Coach, it's Elon again. I've got a recruiting question for you. When you go to a game to uh, check out a potential player that you guys are interested in, um, what ex what things are you looking for? And also kind of a second part to that question, what things kind of catch your eye? Let's say you go to watch player A, but player B does this one thing that kind of makes you interested in him. What kind of things are you looking for in those two scenarios? Yeah, so when I'm out recruiting, there's actually a variety of different things that I'm looking for. Um, obviously, I'm grading a, a kid's skill set. So per se, a position player, like I'm looking at things like um, speed, um, swing, playing, uh, bat speed, just uh, defensive movements and stuff like that. So obviously, like your skill sets, that's going to translate to, to success on the field. Um, but secondly, and almost more importantly, like I'm watching about how guys are interacting with their teammate. How do they respond to failure? Um, what are their responses to when a coach challenges them? Stuff like that is something that we as a program at Montana State Billings truly do value is that character piece. Um, if there's a guy that's a, that's a good ball player and has the, the skills and the intangibles on the field, but he isn't a, a great teammate. He's kind of on an island by himself in a dugout. That kind of poses some red flags for myself because at the end of the day, when we've got 35 guys in our clubhouse that get along and there's a good team chemistry, 
um, that almost benefits us more than having 35 individuals that butt heads and uh, play for themselves. So there's there's an awful lot that goes into it. And, uh, you know, those intangibles and the character aspects of it are something that we really put a high value on. Coach, it's really interesting you say that because we interviewed another baseball coach uh, a few weeks ago, and he also mentioned uh, a very similar response to that question about looking at the character side of things. But back Mm -hmm. to the recruiting element of things, when you go and you kind of are just watching players, maybe not uh, honing in on one specific person, can you tell us a little bit about when you look to – complete your roster are you trying to fill gaps if you know you're losing a lot of third basemen after the senior class or are you just looking for the best all-around athletes and you'll play them wherever you need to yeah so I think there's a couple different approaches that I take to this I think like when I'm out at a recruiting event I'm watching a game um, whether I have a particular player that I'm watching or not um I think there's a lot of great opportunities to hone in on one individual. Like you've got every individual at bat that you can grade guys offensively. And then, you know, you don't have to key in so much on a guy defensively when he's not around the baseball. Um, It's obviously always easy to evaluate pitchers um, while they have the baseball. Um, And another thing, I think that's a great question that you just asked is, so per se, for example, we just graduated three third basemen. So that's certainly a need for us. Um, but we might take a guy that plays a shortstop because that's oftentimes your best athlete on the field. And more times than not, that guy is going to be able to go over and play a great defensive third base. Um, so it just depends a little bit. I think like the first thing we do year to year is we look at what pieces we're losing. And that's how we kind of create our recruiting plan. So, like I mentioned, we lost three third basemen. Um, a third baseman is definitely a priority for us to bring in next. But if we find a, a middle infielder that can really swing it, like that guy might be our guy um, versus just keen in on third baseman. Same thing like in the outfield, if we've got a shortstop that we really like offensively and he's a good enough athlete, like that guy might project to once he gets defensive reps in our system, um, to being a guy that bounces out there. So uh, not really handcuffing guys to one position so much. So that's why I think like for a guy that is playing at the next level that can play multiple positions, I think that's uh, a great value because, you know, for us, especially we play in such an offensive ballpark. Uh, the thing that keeps you in the lineup and then draws a lot of attention from us as a coaching staff is your offensive skill set. So now the guys that can bounce around and play multiple positions um, provide a lot of value for us because we can move them around while keeping them in the lineup. Coach, we have a lot of ball players that listen to this podcast. And so if you could kind of just speak to them for a moment about some mistakes you see uh, high schoolers make and maybe some great things you see out of them in terms of trying to get noticed and trying to get some interest from recruiters. Yeah, so I think COVID especially evolved the recruiting game a little bit to where you know, we were stuck at home for nearly nine months, not being able to get out and recruit. So I think like having a video, like letters of recommendation and stuff that you can email out to, to coaches at schools that you think you might want to play for. Uh, I think now that that has surpassed a little bit, 
the things that I love to look for is like having fun, enjoying your teammates, like showing me that you're getting along with guys. Um, I love to see a guy that responds with fail to failure, not so much by beating himself up and, and maybe taking a bat at bat into the field, but a guy that can maybe be frustrated for a little bit because he's a competitor, but be able to clear that and uh, go play defense and focus on the task at hand versus what had maybe happened in the past. I think, like, I think that shows a maturity aspect. You're playing a game of failure, whether it is you with the ball on the mound uh, as a defender in the field or a guy with your bat in the hand at the plate, like you're going to fail at some point in another. It's just an inevitable piece of the game. So, um, how people respond to that really shows me the maturity of the player that I'm watching. Um, and I think like those are character matters. I think that's the biggest thing that I could send as a message to guys playing at that level is that character matters. And we want to see you guys compete and play game, play the game hard and show off your skill sets. But at the same thing, don't ever forget about the intangibles because guys like myself are looking at uh, how you're going to fit into our locker room. What, what kind of teammate are you going to be um, when I'm coaching you? Like, how is our dynamic going to be? And I think that's something that coaches at the next level really do value. Coach, one, uh, just a, a quick question, and it may not have a quick answer, but you, as Matthew mentioned, you played in college. You're now a college coach, so you've dedicated your life to this game. What is mm -hmm. it about this about this game that – made you a life uh, a lifelong member of this of this real brotherhood i guess you could say yeah man that is a great question i think first and foremost i've always been kind of addicted to a challenge and i think that's why i fell in love with baseball at the first in the first place um just knowing that you can go out there and do everything right and and still fail um i fell in love with that part of the base of baseball um i, I love competing um, I think it's hard to envision myself outside of a team competitive scenario. It just doesn't quite do it for me. So I think that's where I developed a great passion for baseball. Um, I think like there's so many competitions within the game, you know, the hitter pitcher battle in, in one matchup, you know, shading yourself one way defensively. It's a big chess match. It's a, it's a big thinking man game, thinking man's game. So um, that's a, that's another aspect of it. And I think, most importantly is probably the the brotherhood um that's where especially at the college level like those are some relationships that are going to last a lifetime for me um not just from between myself and the players that i played with but myself and the coaches that i got to work with as well and uh, i think i saw that impact firsthand on, on what a great coach can mean to a player and uh, that's what i really value myself now as a player is being that coach for a guy um, that can have a tremendous impact not only on the on the field but just outside of baseball in, in life and uh, that platform that coaching gives me is something that I truly value and I'm passionate about you know being a positive impact on these kids lives coach I think I've got one last question for you maybe a second one but we know how spread out things can be here in the West. Just tell me a little bit about your travel schedule come the season and maybe the furthest you guys go and if it's all busing or if planes get incorporated a little bit too. Yeah, so um, 
obviously we're the only NCAA baseball school in the state of Montana. Uh, we're in the GNAC conference, which was going to be like Portland, Seattle, Boise area. Um, we go out to Allensburg, Washington as well. So I think like by bus, our shortest trip is going to be 10 hours. Um, back in my playing days, we didn't have the, the flights going. So we'd bus out to Portland. I was about 17. Um, it was a pretty gruesome travel schedule. <laughs> what, now what, to what? those longer ones, we will fly out that way. So um, obviously, like in late January and throughout February, it's pretty much a coin flip as to if we can get home games in or not. So we're pretty oftentimes going down south, um, like Denver area, playing schools in the RMAC. It's a great competitive conference down there. And then um, we're actually in a region with the other two California conferences. So uh, pretty frequently, our preseason preseason trips are going to be down to California. Go get ourselves some nice weather and play some competitive baseball against in-region opponents. Um, like two years ago, we went down to San Diego and got a series in there. So that's pretty well, pretty much where we are located to. It could be really anywhere from the the Rocky Mountain region to anywhere on the West Coast, and the travel is pretty good but like I said we've gotten our funding and our budget increased to where now we're flying to some of those further trips and um, it's fun have you ever seen a you know a, a tangible example of a team coming to your ballpark and it just not being sunny California weather and really feeling the effects and you guys feeling like you have a greater home field advantage yeah um, for sure I think especially like Western Oregon and our conference is a great example. They are more close to sea level. I think like when they get a wind, it's blowing in from the outfield and you can see the philosophy of how they play baseball. It's the more low line drive, the small ball approach to steal bases to create runs versus the hitting for power. And, uh, you see how we recruit and how we train is to, to hit for power, knowing that like we can score runs with one swing at bat where at their ballpark, it's not necessarily as much of a, a possibility for them. So, you know, when we go out to their park, a lot of our home run style swings turn into deep flyouts and um, they're able to grind out a couple runs by uh, the, with some of their speed and small ball game. And um, so at their park, they, tend to scratch a, a, a bit more across than we do just for the sole fact that they recruit and they play to their home ballpark. And then, you know, when they come out to our place, we hit for a bit more power. And it's it's pretty funny that you asked that question because it's like the series at our park versus the series at their park are just totally two totally different styles of baseball. Coach, going back to what you said a moment ago about the travel, uh, you talked about a 17-hour bus ride. I mean, that sounds insane. So mm -hmm. a, a couple questions there. One, how early in the week would you guys leave for that series? And second question is, where were you on the bus-wise? Were you a back-of-the-bus kind of guy, front of the bus? And, I mean, how many movies did you guys average a season uh, throughout all these long bus rides? Sorry, what was that last question? How many movies that? would you guys watch per season on these bus rides? <laughs> Yeah, we got our fair share of movies in. I think 17 hours, two hours apiece. We were probably watching close to eight both ways. So, <laughs> were they all um, baseball movies, or how did it work about, you know, who got to pick the movie? Did, was it the coach? 
Well, the coach obviously has to set a certain rule set as to what we're going to be allowed to watch on the bus. We'd push that issue from time to time, though. But, <laughs> yeah, it, just, it helps the time pass for sure. Uh, a lot of baseball movies, good movies like Miracle in there. Those movies are always awesome. Um, a lot of comedy in there. I think the the baseball player type is always um, up for a good comedy movie. But, yeah, those 17-hour rides were pretty brutal and uh, definitely don't help the, the body recover on the way home after a four-game series on the weekend. But if we played a game Friday, we would leave at some point on Wednesday, typically after classes, so guys could get their class in. We'd drive halfway, um, stay the night somewhere along the way. We weren't, we weren't making the full 17 hours in one day. And then um, wake up the next day, practice somewhere, and then finish out the rest of the trip to get in Thursday night before our Friday games. And then um, typically on the way back, it was a straight shot. So I had to get comfortable sleeping on the bus. I myself was a, a back of the bus type of guy. I'm a 6'4", so I needed to make sure that I was getting my own seat as well. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of fond memories made on those bus trips, especially when you go win a series on the road and you're having a good time with your teammates. But um, also a lot of aches and pains that have come from those bus rides as well. But thankfully, we're flying those now. and uh, Those are a thing of the past. Well, I'm sure the bus drivers are the unsung heroes at the end of the year because that just sounds uh, grueling, to say the least. Yeah, no, they really are. They do an awesome job. We never had an issue. We got from point A to point B safe every time. And uh, those guys had to work some long hours through the night to get us back home. Well, uh, Coach, we got one final question for you. Uh, we did a, a draft a few weeks ago on this show talking about some baseball movies. So I think it's fitting to kind of end this interview with maybe you could pick your three favorite baseball movies of all time. Ooh, that's a great question. Man, this is a tough one. I'd have to say Bull Durham is certainly up there with one of my tops. Okay, we didn't have that one in our list. Okay, that was a, a good classic. One. That one was just one that was always around the on around the house growing up. So that one's certainly uh, a personal favorite of mine. Um, I really liked Trouble with the Curve. I think especially now as a coach and a recruiter, I, I see that from a different angle. So I have a new appreciation for that movie. And then I have to stick with Sandlot, I think. <laughs> that one's just a classic. I think we've all probably seen that movie a couple hundred times. And, yep. you know, those guys are still out going to baseball games. And I still see those guys all over the place. So it's pretty cool. It's um, fun. It's, it's see those guys I watched. I grew up watching. It's funny you mentioned that one, just because Elon and I were on the edge of our seats to see if you'd say Sandlot. We forgot yeah. Sandlot in our draft, uh, and we got a lot of heat for it. Um, we should. Yeah. We deserve it. We deserve it. We yeah, deserve but it. It, it, you know, I thought I made good picks. So did he. And we have another co-host. Uh, but Sandlot somehow, some way, uh, fell through the gaps. Uh, but well, it, it, that's a good one. I don't think there's a wrong answer to the question. There's just a lot of different right answers to the top three. <laughs> That's my new life uh, motto right there. I love that. <laughs> That's all the questions that we've got for you. Is there anything else you think we missed or worth going over? 
No, I think you guys did a great job. Um, I appreciate the questions that you did come at me with. Uh, I think especially for the young kids that are out playing this, like character matters and just know that hard work, there's never a substitute for it. Those two, those two things will take you very far, far in life, whether it's within the game of baseball or within just the game of life. And I think that we really look at developing men as well as developing baseball players. So, you know, some of those skills that you learn from the game of baseball can go into being a great husband, a great father, um, great in your work environment and stuff like that, you know. Coach? Um, uh, I just excited to uh, get back out recruiting and excited to continue to bring some young men into our program. So, Coach, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully you can come check out some of these great ball players here just south of you guys in Wyoming mm -hmm. American Legion Baseball this summer. Um, and hopefully we can see one of them in a, a Jackets uniform come next spring. Absolutely. We've loved our Wyoming guys up to this point, so hoping to bring a few more out. So uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. Really enjoyed it. And if there's anything I can ever do for you all in the future, uh, just give me a shout. We appreciate that. Coach, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too. Big thanks to Coach Hape for giving us some of his time. And I really enjoy listening and talking to these collegiate coaches. Uh, it's fun exchanging emails with them, of course, and getting them on the show because I learn so much every time, you know, mm -hmm. so much about what they're looking for. And a lot of questions I had that some answers are kind of obvious. And then some answers are like, oh, I never thought about it looking that way. I'm looking from this angle you're looking from a completely different angle. Yeah. Uh, so it's always great. I hope you guys like listening to those coaches as well. We're going to try and get maybe a few more. Uh, the season's got, you know, a month and change left, so maybe one or two more before we call it a 307 Baseball Podcast for this 2021 season. Hopefully you guys like it. Uh, but let's get back to some 307 Baseball itself, and let's talk some season leaders well, Do we want to do that, or do we want to do games of the week? Or do you want to do that? I, I can't wait. So I want to, I'm impatient and I want okay. to season leaders. <laughs> All right. And then we'll close out with the games. All right. So before we get to the season leaders, let's lay down some ground rules that we operated with. Let's also remind everyone listening who our show is brought to you by. Yes, absolutely. So that is brought to you by Buckle Up for Life Wyoming. The Wyoming Seatbelt Coalition's mission is to increase seatbelt usage in Wyoming to prevent fatalities and decrease the number and severity of injuries and traffic crashes by working together to increase seatbelt usage, we can drive our state forward zero traffic deaths or toward, we can drive our state toward zero traffic deaths. And Matthew, I was looking at some uh, stats that they brought up. Did you know Wyoming's seatbelt use rate remains consistently lower than the national average? At 78.3% use, over 125,000 Wyomingites still are not buckling up. I did not know that, but we need to get that number up. We need to raise that number up, guys. We have to raise it like... Raise the roof? I'm I trying to so think bad, of a player in the majors who needs to pump up that batting average. I'm going with Nolan Arenado. Oh, yeah, he's been a bit... Who? I'm, trying to, I'm blanking. Orioles. Chris Davis? Chris Davis, who yeah. that, like... He had a long drought a long after signing that big. Off. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, like that was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, sorry, we just got a little dated there in AL East 
Baltimore Oriole baseball. Camden Yards really cool. You should go check it out next time you're in Baltimore. Absolutely. So let's talk about season some season leaders. Okay, so here are the ground rules for pitching. On ERA, you had to have pitched a minimum of 15 innings. Mm-hmm. Okay, and for batting average, you had to have a minimum of 20 at bats. Yep. All right. So, if, so let's go go with single A pitching first. We got strikeouts, strikeout leaders. Here we go. We'll work from three up. So at third place, Green Rivers, Jace Griffiths with 39 strikeouts. This is only for single A. By this the way, this is only for single A. And by the way, these are only we could, we could only work with the numbers we got. So if you know you had more than that and you should be in the top three, and you uh, reach you out to us, reach out to us and let us know. We've got a new uh, email address. It is podcast at mylocalradio.com. No s at the end or s. At the no end. s at the end. So podcast. just podcast, which is a single podcast. S- yep. So podcast at mylocalradio.com. Get a hold of us there. Also, uh, ask your coach if they sent the stats. Again, these were put together by humans, so there can be some error, but this is what we've got. So Jace Griffiths of the Green River Knights, number three with 39 strikeouts. Jax Peterson of Green River as well, number two with 45. And the strikeout leader in the single A at the midway point of the season, Pal Pioneers Brock Johnson with 51. Two Green River players in there really shows and reflects why they're a bit of a in the middle of things in the single A and mm. would be a kind of team you don't want to face in the tournament. Absolutely. I think they're, they'd be a tough out. But unless, we heard from Coach Kalen Hill, you have to win, be top four in your district in your uh, region tournament in order to go to the state yeah, tournament. Yeah. So a lot of baseball. A lot so. of baseball left to go. All right, ERA. ERA, again, minimum of 15 innings pitched. Number three, with a 3.04 ERA. <laughs> Number three, with a 3.04 ERA, Green River's Jace Griffiths. So he's, he's got two bronze. He's got two. Uh, does he have a bronze? or a Yeah, he's got a bronze from the strikeouts. Yeah. At number two, Casper Driller's Justin Wicks with a 1.15 ERA. And I had to double-check this number to make sure it was accurate for this, this person, one. This person, if they're listening, they know it's coming right now. Yes. Pal Pioneers, Brock Johnson, Leading ERA, not just in single A, but the entire state. Perfect. Zero. Zero. I had to, I had to double check it. Move over, DeGrom. You have a match. <laughs> I had to double check it. How many it. innings? Do you remember? Uh, I can. We're going to pull it up. Okay. 27 innings pitched and a 5-0 and record. Wow. I mean, 27. 27. Zero. A no zero one's touched ERA. Him. So, hate to spoil it, but yes, that's the top ERA leader in the state right there. Is yeah. Powell. All right, let's get over to single A batting. How about that? Uh, we still have to go through winners as oh, well. Oh, yeah, shoot, shoot. So, your win leaders, we've got a tie for second in our top one. So, tied for second, Jax Peterson out of Green River. With three. With three. Colt Flores from Powell with three. And then number one, I don't think anybody's surprised, Brock Johnson with five. He's, yeah, he's now he's got the triple crown almost. Yeah. Um, going to saves, and this is the final pitching stat that we compiled. So saves, only one guy, only two guys have a save in single A. According to the stats we were sent, um, we should uh, note that there were, I believe, we got uh, stats from one, two, three, four, five, six teams. Okay. So six teams out of single A. I know there's a lot more than that. Yeah. So... But uh, when we do this again at the end of the regular season to give out some uh-huh. 
end of season titles. Hopefully those other teams that didn't get our, the stats in can get some numbers to us. Anyway, Brock Johnson and Michael Nowakowski each have one save. So that means Brock Johnson leads in three different categories. He leads in four categories. Oh, he swept them. You're right. I mean, he's tied for all. He's got golds all oh, over the place. Yeah, he. you're right. He swept them. He won. Yeah. He is the strikeout leader, the ERA leader, the wins leader, and is one of two guys with the save. All right, you, single A batting. Single A batting. So, again, this is average minimum of 20 at-bats, not plate appearances, at-bats. All right. So, at number three, we have Bryce Lachlan from Casper with a 429. At number two, Kobe Ostermiller. Ost I'm really sorry if I didn't Oyster say that Miller. name right. Yeah. Ostermiller. I'm really sorry if I didn't say that name right. Anyway, keep batting, man. You are at 446, number two. And Jackson Jones from Torrington with a 472. Yeah, Kobe with 446. Next time you are waiting for the delivery, just see our faces on the ball for getting your last <laughs> name wrong and crush it. Right. All right, now let's do hits. That 472, by the way, coming on 36 at-bats for wow. Jackson Jones. All right, hits. All right, at number three, we have Jace Griffiths from Green River. So he's picking up hardware. Oh, we, we were two-way tie for second. Oh, sorry, you're right, two-way tie for second. So fourth place, we should mention it, Brock Johnson from Powell with yeah. 23. Mm -hmm. Then you got a two-way tie for second, Jace Griffiths from Green River and Bra Bryce Lachlan with 24. And the hits leader, Kobe, Kobe Ostermiller with 29. You just sound, sound South African, you know. I'm waiting <laughs> for him to be playing – on the Masters with that last name. All right. And for home runs, we got set, uh, six guys, seven guys who have registered home runs, six of them with one, one of them with two. So the six with one is Matthew Hellis from Torrington, Bryce Hagar from Torrington, Jackson Jones from Torrington, Taylor Jensen from Green River, Jace Griffiths from Green River, Kobe Oystermiller from Powell, and Michael Richardson from Green River is the man with two. He's the home run leader of the single A right now. Is that the same name of the guy who plays Kramer in Friends? Was Kramer? It, I, think, I think it's just Richards. All the dads right now listening are knowing. They know what I'm talking about. I think it's, it's, I think it's Michael Richards. <laughs> Anywho. Anyways, RBI leader, and to me, I think this is the most valuable stat in, AAA, in uh, American Legion Baseball. Uh-huh. All right. Trey Steinerson, most valuable Offensive stat. Trey Steinerson from Powell comes in third with 21. Bryce Lachlan from Casper comes in second with 22. And Kobe Oystermiller from Powell run, uh, gets another gold. He leads with 23. But, man, we got a battle between Steinerson, Lachlan, and Oystermiller uh, at the top of the leaderboard. We'll see who comes out on top at the end of the season. The two big names out of the single-A pitching, it is Brock, Brock Johnson, Johnson. And batting, it is Kobe Oyster, Oystermiller. I think if we say it enough <sighs> times, yeah, right. one of them will be right. I, I, you know what? Next time we interview uh, Coach Cates from Powell, we need to ask we him, need, how do you say that? We should get Kobe on. Yeah, Kobe we should listening. just get Kobe on. Yeah, Kobe, need, email us. We want Kobe. So Kobe and Brock Johnson, team our teammates, we want both of you guys on. Yeah, please email us, podcast at three podcast at mylocalradio.com. We'll have you on next week. All right, let's move on to – Double A. By the way, because we're doing this, I'm not doing any hot bats, hot, hot yeah. pitchers or Here's anything your like hot that. These, these are your these are your guys. Let's start out with strikeout leaders in the Double A. At three, you have Gillette's Jason Fink with 57. Uh, before we get started, we need to mention that 
we did not get stats from Jackson or Laramie. So the YouTube programs help us out here. Let us get you guys in here. Yeah. If you deserve to be in the top three. Because we would love to uh, have accurate stats for the next time we do this at the end of the regular season. All right. Number three, Gillette's Jason Fink with 57 strikeouts. This is strikeout leaders for the uh, AA. Number two, Brody Richardson, another one of Nate Perleyberg's guys with 64. And number one, Cheyenne Post 6, Bradley Fieser with 77. Just shoving. Absolutely dealing right now. Let's look at ERAs, and uh, a name's going to sound very familiar. And number three, Matt Newland from Gillette. They call, uh, my friend Chris Brantle calls him Nasty Newland, and it's easy to see why, with a 1.49 ERA. That is third best. Yeah, that's scary that it's third. That is third best. Minimum of 15 innings pitched. Yes, thank you. Uh, Coulter McAnally from Cheyenne comes in second with a 1.38. And meet the new boss, same as the old boss, Bradley Fieser on top again with, get this, it's not quite a ZRERA, but it's close, 0.92. Yeah, just madness. Feeling right now. Now we go to wins leaders. We got a two-way tie for first. So coming in at third, Ben Bowman, Cheyenne with six. And then tied at the top for seven, Matt Newland with seven wins from Gillette. And guess who? Bradley Fieser. Yeah, triple crown almost. Yeah, has the uh, tied with the lead mm -hmm. with seven wins. And now we do have a save leader in the double A. So we have six pitchers who have recorded one save. We're going to give them their shout out. Gus Allred of Evanston. Derek McDonald of Evanston. Kyler Henderson of Casper. Nate Killian of Sheridan. Trenton Ro or Trent Rodriguez of Cheyenne and Matt Newland from Gillette. All right, so coming in at second with two saves is Cheyenne's Coulter McAnally, and then your save leader, Gillette's Jason Fink. So top three batters. So you've got a two-way tie for third, and in order to be top three, you have to be batting 500. Yeah. that That's ridiculous. Maybe we should have raised the minimum batting. I, I think 20... I think we'll raise it for bats. the next one. Yeah, 20 at-bats. It's not plate appearance. That's a handful of at-bats. Yeah. And no one was like 21. Yeah. They were kind of clear above it. Yeah. And on, I think we'll raise that in innings pitched for the final ones. Mm -hmm. uh, don't know what number it is. Uh, coaches, if you have a suggestion, drop us a line at podcast at mylocalradio.com. All right. So batting 500 and tied for third, Rock Springs, Cayenne DiBernardi, player that we've seen many times. Imagine slashing 500. I'm like, here's your bronze. <laughs> Batting 500, so tied with DiBernardi, is Cole Douglas out of Casper. And now we get to the top two. Batting 505, second place is Casper's Morgan Rickett, or Pickett. And the state leader in batting average, Evanston's Jagger Mitchell with a 510. Yeah, poor Zach Kostopoulos out of Cheyenne. He's, he's down a little bit. He's fifth, and he's batting 461, and we know what a beast he is. Well, but just stay tuned, Mr. Kostopoulos. Yeah. You're about to get something. So you got to get some love. Spoiler alert. Hits. Leading uh, uh, hits for AA in the state. Morgan Pickett at 48 comes in third from Casper. Dominic Lopez from Cheyenne comes in second at 55. And Mr. Kostopoulos out of post six leading hits with 59. Yeah, just bonkers. Homers. Homers, the long ball. We've got, interestingly enough, we've got four -way four, tie. a four-way tie for second. 
and you've had to hit two home runs. Yeah. So let's give them a shout-out. Evanston's Hank Allred, Casper's Samson Wagner, Cheyenne's Keldon Hastings, and Gillette's Brody Richardson. And a tie at the top. We got ourselves a home run race in the, in the double-A. Jagger Mitchell of Evanston and Zach Kostopoulos of Cheyenne tied with five bombs each. Yeah, they are going neck and neck. It'll be fun to see who comes out on top. It absolutely. I, I'm super excited to see where this sends. Let's go ahead and talk about RBI leaders. Final stat of the stat show, I guess you could say. Cole Douglas of Casper comes in third with 42 ribbies. Brody Richardson of Gillette second with 44 and ahead by a mile with 62. That is 18 more than any other player in the States, at least at the AA level. I don't have the single A, so I don't know for sure. Zach Kostopoulos. Yeah. Just from Giant. Gold, gold, gold. Uh, yeah, take out the average, and he sweeps the rest of the way. So. And I'm sure he's a little frustrated. I mean, he's got a lot more at-bats than oh, the rest yeah. of the group. Um, yeah, but that, still, I mean, yeah, just net, nuts, madness. Yeah, absolutely. Almonds, pecans, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so so the big names coming out of Double uh, A, I think it's Bradley Fieser and Zach Kostopoulos. Uh-huh, yeah. Although Jagger right Mitchell... Money. I'm not being a homer when I say Jagger Mitchell is, is proven he's right up there with the best of the state, leading the state in batting average and tied for the home run lead. So, All right, let's get to our three games of the week. Let's do it. Okay, three games of the week. We're going to get started with our popcorn game of the week. And here we go. It is a conference matchup. I'm a sucker for them now as they start coming in bunches. Um, conference matchup, and let's get started with – I'm kind of tied between two. So one is lightly buttered and one is – Movie theater butter, popcorn, okay? Okay. Uh, this is actually tonight as we record this. Um, Wednesday, uh, Sheridan and Post 6, doubleheader conference games. Mm. Sheridan's got a big conference slate coming up. Um, and so that's tonight. So it's already happened, but I still like them. And then now today, as we you know travel in time, Thursday, Sheridan and Laramie doubleheader. So Sheridan's got four conference games in the span of 24 hours. Really interesting to see where the Troopers will emerge and come out of that. So a lot of conference games coming up in the East. So that's my two popcorn games. Now time for my hot dog game. Hot dog game, we are going to go with a single-A conference matchup between Buffalo and Rollins. Two teams kind of towards the bottom of the standings, but you know what? It's conference season now. That's all that matters. So they're going to play two on Friday night. That is my hot dog game of the week. And now time for my fancy ballpark food. And today it is maple. Ooh, let me get this right. It is maple glazed bacon on a stick. Okay. Okay. Description says sounds exactly. It's exactly what it sounds like. Maple glazed bacon on a stick. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the location of this <laughs> team. But I mean, I can't really pull anything from that anyways. I'm going to go with Gillette playing Belgrade from Montana on Friday. Purely because, and Rock Springs plays them too, you got the capital of Serbia represented in Montana. <laughs> Blows my mind. But I guess enough Serbians came over 100 plus years ago to make Belgrade uh, 2, uh, 2.0. So that's my maple bacon glazed, maple glazed bacon on a stick. Elon, where is it from? Good luck. Uh... This is just a shot in the dark, I feel like. Yeah, no, it has to be. All right, I feel like I need. I should get three guesses then. Okay, I'll give you three. So 
All right. So first one is Chicago White Sox. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly right. Yeah. No, the U.S. Cellular. It says U.S. Cellular. It's now, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, guaranteed Rate Field. And, yeah, Maple Glaze Bake. I, th- I hope it's still there because they have the ballpark name outdated. Um, it cost $5 back then, a few years ago. Maybe, hopefully it's still there. It even gives you the section, section 112 and 528. Nice. Yep, but that's our three or three and a half, four games of the week. Elon, let's do one last ad read before we call it a show. Yeah, a big thank you to our sponsors. This 307 Baseball broadcast is being brought to you by Buckle Up for Life, Wyoming. Seatbelts are the single most effective traffic safety device for present. Seatbelts are the single... Seatbelts are the single most effective traffic safety device for preventing death and injury, yet historically Wyoming has been one of the lowest seatbelt compliance rates in the country. Let's buckle up for life, Wyoming. Think of all of your families and all the reasons why you buckle up. Uh, again, there, the reasons are so, so many. And uh, let's let's get those numbers up like uh, Zach Kostopoulos is hitting numbers. Yeah, I love it. What a perfect little... Um, combination. Great weaving right there from Elon Olive. All right, Elon, as Colin Holt would say, any final thoughts before we call it a show? I, I'm just excited that we are in conference play. We're about ankle deep. I think by this time next week, we'll be knee deep. Um, we're starting to see some pictures such as Cheyenne post six, still king of the East. Laramie, though, uh, with that big win, taking a a conference game away from them, showing that they are not to be overlooked either. Gillette's going to start conference play here quick. uh, Evanston's going to start conference play soon. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we know Sheridan's getting involved in conference games this weekend as well. All right, folks, that's Elon Off. I'm Matthew Peterson. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next week here on 307 Baseball.